Hi team, welcome to the Jeremy Dooley Show. Hey legends, we're back. What's been happening? Lots, lots has been happening. Uh, I've been uh, doing a lot of shows uh, in the last couple of weeks. It's been awesome, uh, you know, trying to road test some new material just to build up the minutes and doing a few hosting gigs and got a few hosting gigs this week, which is going to be awesome. Uh, also seeing one of my favorite comedians, Nate Bargatze, this week. Uh, he's playing at the Athenaeum Theatre, so that's going to be awesome. Uh, the Athenaeum Theatre is one of the uh, last... I think that's the last gig that I did uh, with Mario back in 2003. It was in the main room there at the Ath. Um, so it's always nice to go back there to the scene of the crime where we did not do that well. Um, but Nate, I guess he's going to be awesome. Um, it's been a pretty hectic period, actually, uh, trying to book uh, some international gigs, which... Um, is is always a bit of a shot in the dark, I think. Um, you know, I've, I've got some headline gigs uh, in Malta and going to try and get onto some shows in Portugal. So if you're in Portugal and Malta at the end of August and start of September, uh, check it out. Um, but you just never know the quality of the room. Like, is this a real comedy club? Is this a cafe gig? Is there an audience? Uh, you just never know. Uh, so yeah, really looking forward to it though. Uh, at the very least, it'll be a great story, um, and something interesting to do also makes you really think about your material. Uh, you know, what's really Australian specific or what's really Victorian specific, uh, to get even uh, more concentrated with it. So I'm really looking forward to taking the lens to a lot of my material just to see, you know, what, can't be used overseas. I've got a whole bit that I'm working out at the moment around um, birds and there's a lot of Australian bird references in there. Um, you know, and in Malta, they don't uh, really have much wildlife. So they're probably going to be like, what the hell's a bird? You know, pigeons get eaten in Malta. So that'll be fun. Um, and yeah, in the martial arts world, a lot's been happening. Um, you know, the the gym that I train at and uh, do a little bit of coaching at, we've seen a couple of, uh, you know, senior members move on. Um, they're, they're alive, they're not dead, uh, but they're, you know, they're moving to other parts of the country for for other opportunities and lifestyle changes and, and work and all that sort of stuff. So it's left a little bit of a hole in the gym and in the I guess the the skill and expertise, but you know that I guess gives an opportunity for other people to step up and to step up into coaching roles and competition roles. So that'll be good. But uh, yeah, the the martial arts world's been interesting. There was a great UFC on for the BMF title, which is just a ridiculous title, but it's a bit of fun. People take it a little bit too seriously these days. But uh, Justin Gaethje's uh, head kick KO was kickboxing 101 that is a very good you know you follow the right hand with the right foot and shin on chin thank you mother for the rabbits that's all she wrote so that, that was awesome i'm really keen to see a trilogy match between those two uh in terms of my martial arts uh background it's not something that i've really spoken about until recently 
Uh, I always sort of kept it quite hidden to the point where uh, I remember I would have been in my early 20s and I was away with some friends and close friends and they had no idea that I'd been training my whole life in martial arts. Um, uh, it took them a while to uh, be convinced as well that I wasn't just taking the piss, but um, I started martial arts in 1995 and I started um, under uh, Sensei Harvey Venter uh, at the time. Um, they were part of the WGKA, um, but it was Gojo Ryu Karate, hard, hard and soft style, which meant that, you know, you did some really slow movements, but also like when we went, we went pretty hard, uh, which was great. It was great to have that balance there. And uh, he was a fantastic and still is a fantastic coach and one of the absolute key um, figures in my life in that, I you know, I think I'm a really good comedian and a good, you know, workshop facilitator because of the lessons that I learned in his dojo and they were tough lessons they weren't always the you know the easy lessons but they were absolutely worthwhile and it was all born out of a love of uh, Ninja Turtles and and Kung Fu movies and I just loved it I was always obsessed with what they were able to do and uh, and the and the weapons and just, you know, throwing high kicks and doing all these crazy, you know, rolling around. And um, I remember my mum took me to a, a Taekwondo chain as like a trial and I walked in and I was only eight years old maybe. And even then I was like, oh, this is this is not what I'm looking for. Um, I could just tell it wasn't, you know, it was a McDojo uh, sort of set up there and um and when I walked into um Harvey's gym um it was exactly where I wanted to be and exactly where I needed to be at that time and, and I learned a lot there and it was hard because you know very quickly I, I moved up the ranks there to be sort of you know one of the go-to junior students um uh, which was awesome um but that also meant that I was marked a hell of a lot harsher than everyone else and I was the one that all the demos were done on and we trained on a hardwood floor um in an old boxing gym so there was no mats or, or anything like that you learned to break fall and take a hit pretty quickly um so the body got um you know, I started, I guess, chewing up the tread uh, on the body, so to speak, at quite a young age. And, um, you know, but I guess the the benefit is that I also started competing at a really young age and uh, I competed all around the country and uh, I, I really loved that. Um, you know, I was able to win quite a lot and, and learn quite a lot. So I really loved that karate sort of world. And it was, um, you know, I was getting to the point where, I felt like I wasn't really being challenged in a competition way anymore and um, and everything kind of was about competing at that point. Like I'd, I'd already gotten a black belt um, and I was a second degree black belt, uh, second damn black belt. And, you know, competition was a huge part of, I guess, my identity really, competition and, and in the martial arts world and, you know, was always training with, you know, all of the big teams that that come out, you know, I remember training with the Italian national team when they came out and um, and just, you know, picking their brains on things and seeing how they were doing at the Belgian team and you know, a team from Mauritius came out and all this sort of stuff. And it was awesome, but I wasn't, I just wasn't in love with it anymore. And, um, yeah, and the results were starting to show a little bit. And um, I, 
one thing I probably struggled with in competition were those because um, not every competition was full contact. You'd, you'd do some and be like be semi-contact where you could go 100% to the body, <clears throat> excuse me, or body and legs and um, but not to the head. And I got uh, DQ'd a couple of times in those competitions for just cracking dudes uh, and hitting them uh, straight on the button Um which, you know, and I'm someone who fights with a lot of control normally and trains very under control. No one gets injured uh, with me. Uh, but in competition, it's it's probably a little bit of a different story. And I distinctly remember um, watching the finale of season one of The Ultimate Fighter. A friend had a DVD and I was watching the whole season and more and more I was like, what is this? This is fantastic. And I watched the finale and I thought, oh, this is what I'm meant to be doing. And I had made the transition and started training uh, jujitsu. And, um, you know, that was great. I, I'd done a few like ground techniques previously, but they're all mainly judo based, you know, getting a, a, a slam or a throw in there or some form of trip and then going for a submission really, really quickly. There wasn't a lot of ground fighting as such. And that was a game changer. I was match fit when I uh, did my first sparring session and um, I was match fit, but not for jujitsu. It was, I had to pull over on the drive home to throw up um, three or four times. I'd never experienced that form of uh, physical fatigue before. It was wild. Uh, and it was a whole new ball game for me. I had no idea what the hell was happening. I was getting, you know, tapped out by everyone and it was I was tapping out so often and it was the best I loved it it was so good I I had a great coach um, at the start and um, but I wanted to do MMA and I I wanted to you know get some striking in so I I took off overseas and I spent a fair bit of time at Fairtex in Bangkok the original Fairtex gym It's, it's not there anymore um, in bang play. And that was amazing, uh, training with alongside Yod Sinclair and Narapol and, you know, Apaday was there and all these just absolute killer and legends of the game were there. And it was phenomenal to see. And it was really hard because I was used to karate, uh, styling. So I had to change my stance. I was very bouncy and a lot of, you know, um, attacking in flurries and not turning my hips and, and all these sorts of things. And, you know, my hands were too low and, uh, it was, it was hard. My, my coach was super patient, uh, thankfully, but God, it was hard. And I took a lot of beatings in the ring there. Uh, a lot of controlled beatings. The tires go really controlled in training and inspiring. And it was fantastic. Uh, but yeah, learned a hell of a lot. And it took probably three months before, the um before I felt like I wasn't having to consciously think, all right, don't do karate, um, and to you know to learn more of the Muay Thai stylings, and uh, and then I moved to America to train and compete there, and was training uh, with Eddie Bravo, and uh, Scott Epstein and Alda Hample, and was training with them at Tenth Planet, and uh, that was again a whole other level of grappling that I'd never experienced before. Um, you know, the highest ranked intent planet in Australia at the time was a blue belt. So, um, and, you know, whilst he was a great and he still is a great coach, he's obviously now a black belt, but um, to be able to train with 
black belts was next level and it was so good. And uh, I got, you know, graded there. Eddie gave me my blue belt and was able to compete over there in jiu-jitsu and uh, pancration, which is kind of like the old Greek version of, of MMA with slightly modified uh, rules. But to be training along UFC level fighters and high level UFC fighters was a real eye-opener and really lit the fire under me. And um, my plan was to not come back to Australia. My plan was to give it a crack and and see what happens. But um, the, you know, the visa issues uh, meant I had to come back, um, not the credit card, but being able to stay in the country with the hope of coming back, that was certainly an issue. So came back and, and found myself... Um, you know, sort of a little bit lost in in the martial arts world. The gym I was at was only doing jujitsu, and uh, I wanted to do MMA. Um, so I had to make a really difficult decision, and it was not a very popular decision uh, to to leave that gym to find a, an MMA gym where I could learn everything uh, in the one place. And um, eventually, you know, knee injury, uh, you know, did my ACL and a few other uh, you know, neck and, uh, elbow injuries eventually found my way to team nemesis, uh, which is now known as the Australian combat sports Academy where I've trained ever since under Dennis Kelly and Philip Lye. And, um, you know, it was my last couple of fights were with them, uh, which was great. Um, and it's just a fantastic place to train of, you know, been able to learn so much from them. And, you know, I remember my first Muay Thai class there, Phil picked up something, that no other coach had picked up previously, um, which instantly I was like, oh, okay, this guy knows what's up. And, um, you know, Dennis is a phenomenal um, grappling coach. And I think the thing that I love most about them is that they're open to so many different things and they are constantly bettering themselves to be better coaches. And, um, you know, whether that's uh, training in totally different styles and competing in those styles and, um, and, you know, still competing themselves. I think that is phenomenal. Uh, they spend a lot of time investing in how they coach and learning how to coach, which is really helpful. But the the mat culture at that gym is the best of any gym that I've, I've ever been at. And whether that's there as a visitor um, or long-term, the, it's just a really friendly, welcoming, open culture. And you have people who are there to compete and who compete at the professional level. You have people who compete every so often and or bucket listers and people who are just there to get fit. Uh, so it, it's awesome. And, you know, a huge, huge, diverse range of people across all genders and uh, religions and, and persuasion. So it's a great place to train. And um, I've been there ever since. We've been to, you know, uh, we're at the third location since I've been there and it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And I think the mark of a good gym is when people come back after spending a huge amount of time away and they move, you know, to other parts of the state and they come back to this gym. Um, so that's been great. And yeah, it's, um, that's kind of where I'm at really. I, uh, in amongst that, I was working strength and conditioning for a really long time. When I came back from the U S I got a job, uh, taking boxing uh, classes at a PT studio, a fitness studio. And I thought, oh, I should probably learn how to, you know, do the whole fitness thing because I only knew martial arts, boxing, kickboxing from a martial arts perspective. I had no idea about the how to actually get people fit 
with it from from that lens. Even though you get fit from the martial arts lens, it's slightly different. So ended up sort of pulling that thread and, you know, got a degree in sports and exercise science and found myself working uh, in the Australian Football League and the National Rugby League with some great clubs and some fantastic people. And so that ended up uh, meaning that I was training a lot of fighters as well. So alongside all of the my own martial arts training, there was all this strength and conditioning and sports science training, which was really helpful because I was getting injured uh, quite a bit. And I guess that sort of meant that I was able to rectify things and you know work on my body a little bit better, but also help our athletes be a bit more bulletproof because it is obviously such a high impact, high collision, uh, high injury sort of world martial arts. Um, but it was getting to the point where I needed to make a decision. Uh, my last fight here was for a title. Um, it was a you know, pro fight for a belt. And I remember I'd, I competed a couple of times in quick succession and I uh, hadn't had a huge amount of time off. I think I had a week off between my last fight and the previous fight before it. And I was excited because this one was for a belt. So I was training really hard. I was, you know, putting in the hours, putting in the time, doing everything properly. And at the end of the fight, I got an envelope for 350 bucks. That wasn't even enough to pay rent. Uh, And at that point, it was like I needed to earn some money. I couldn't survive. Um, So it you know, the competition sort of era ended. Um, there was meant to be one more fight, did my knee again, and that's sort of all she wrote. I ended up becoming balls deep in strength and conditioning and, you know, getting footballers onto the field and, you know, training uh, the fight team at Team Nemesis. Um, yeah, and I don't miss competing. It's you know, doing a bit of commentary uh, and ring announcing, you're sort of there, you're in amongst it and, you know, the lights and the the music. I loved that period just when you were waiting for your walkout music to come on. That was always an exciting feeling backstage with your, with your corner. Um, and, yeah, I don't miss it in the slightest. So it's been really good to um, just find my passion for training and training for training's sake and training for growth and, for learning and trying to, you know, deepen my understanding of techniques uh, and of myself. Um, so yeah, that's the martial arts origin story. We're going to really kick into shit in the next few weeks on this podcast. Um, but if you're listening, you want to find out where I'm at. I've got a lot of gigs coming up over the next few weeks across regional Victoria and a couple. Uh, as I look at my calendar, I'm only in Melbourne a couple of times in the next few weeks. Everything is outside of Melbourne. So um, you can hit it pretty quickly if you want. Otherwise, yeah, check it out, jeremydooleyofficial.com and see you next time. Thanks so much for listening to The Jeremy Dooley Show. For all information on tours, gigs and other shenanigans, check out jeremydooleyofficial.com or jeremydooleyofficial on all the socials. See you next time.